friend. Welcome back. Before we get started, I need to know if you have like a hyper fixation snack or meal. I know it seems random. I know it does. However, um, this this episode almost began with an ASMR of me eating my current hyper fixation snack. Like six years ago, when I was attorney for the state, I used to go to the gas station on the corner and I would get Gardetto's original recipe. And um, I had not had those in a while. My mom got some, I don't know, like two weeks ago. And I have been obsessed ever since to the point where nearly every time I go to the store, do a grocery pickup, whatever, throw a little Gardetto's in there. I'm obsessed. It's my hyperfixation snack. Are you like that? Like you will find a snack and then like you have to have it every day. I wish I, I wish it was something like broccoli, you know, or cucumber. Like, oh, I gotta, you know, take my vitamins every day. I'm hyperfixated. That's not me. That's not my testimony. I'm not that kind of person. Um, but Gardetta's, Gardetta's obsessed. So now we're a minute into the episode and all I've talked about is snacks. Excuse me. Hi. Hello. Hope you've had a wonderful week. Welcome to Rooted. If it's your first time here, welcome back. If you've been here before, this is a podcast designed to be intentional about growth. And I've been wrestling going back and forth about which topic I wanted to discuss today, but I I think I've settled. I think I've settled on it. I feel pretty confident that this is what the Holy Spirit wants me to talk about. And we're going to be starting in the book of James. Now, I don't think this is going to turn into a series, but it is one of the books that I'm reading right now. I'm also studying Exodus. That's for a special project. You'll hear more about that uh, coming up. But I've been reading the book of James, just starting off at the first verse of the first chapter and running down. And a lot of the first chapter of James often feels repetitive if you've been in Christian circles for a while, because it's scripture that is often preached and taught. And sometimes we can become a little tone deaf to it because we've heard it so many times. Um, but this is something that the Lord has spoken to me before. I don't think I've ever shared it on the podcast before, but it has been recurring. And it's something that I'm seeing prevalent, not only in my life at times, but in the life of lives of those who are trying to trust God for the next thing. The next thing doesn't always mean bigger. It doesn't always mean better. It often can just be new and different. Um, it can be other, right? Other than what you're currently experiencing. And so we're going to really kind of sink in today uh, in James 1, verses 5 through 8, and then we're going to talk about it. And we're going to talk about this this issue of doubt um, and how it can creep up, why it can creep up, and what it is that we can do about it. And so I want to encourage you to almost give yourself a clean slate don't throw out your theological knowledge, but just give yourself a clean slate because again, it's going to be verses that you've heard before, that you've probably heard taught before, preached before, explained before, that you may on your own have studied before. But I want you to think about them with a fresh heart and a fresh mind to receive whatever it is that the Lord will have for you today. Will you do that with me? I love you so much. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Grab your Bible, grab a notebook, grab a pen. James 1, 5 through 8. We'll be right back. Welcome back, friends. So I would be remiss if I did not say happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day. I hope you're feeling loved today. I hope that you feel equipped to express love 
to receive love, to understand love, to experience love in all of its many forms and facets, none being more higher or more worthy than the other, other than the love of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's always going to reign supreme. But I hope that you know familial love. I hope that you know the love of a good friend. I mean, a good friend. I hope you know romantic love if that's the season that you're in and that it's pure and that it's undefiled and that it's rich um, and that it's supportive of your growth. It's, it's encouraging of your relationship with God. I pray that you know self-love. I pray that you understand that if you don't love yourself, it becomes very difficult for you to have a pure, undefiled love for others. I pray that you realize you are worthy of love from yourself, that it's not something that you have to push to the side. It's not something you have to determine that you're going to work on later. And I also want you to know that it's ever evolving, that you're never going to quite be there. So give yourself some grace, allow yourself to make mistakes, forgive yourself when you make those mistakes and love yourself through this growth process right? Because if we love ourselves, we'll invest in ourselves because we invest in those things that we think are important. So that's going to be the first step to a lot of the things that you're seeking to do in this season that you're seeking to see a God perform in you. And that's going to be loving yourself, thinking that you are worthy of the things that God wants to do. I know sometimes we think like, if I just have enough faith, but we're going to kind of lean into that a little bit today. Often our doubt is not associated with God's ability to do, is our believing that he's willing to do and willing to do for us, which is really a question of worthiness on our part, not ability on God's part. So let's just dive into it. We are coming from James chapter one, verses five through eight. And it says, now, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. Let me read this last little part again. It says, for the doubter is like the surging sea driven and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, being double-minded and unstable in all his ways. So let me just confront something right out the gate because I I feel the Holy Spirit saying that this is something we need to talk about because someone has read that um, or is hearing me say it now and thinks that you're not worthy of believing God because you've doubted in the past or that it's not even worth trying to believe God this time because you've doubted in the past. And this scripture basically says that you shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord. Let me be very clear. The Lord understands that we are but dust. (laughs) The Lord understands that you are going through something, that you are trying to believe him for something, and that it is the enemy's absolute objective to discourage you. You have to be willing to address when the doubt creeps up, right? It's not when God says, do not be afraid. It's not a sin to be afraid. But when you recognize and realize that you are afraid, you need to take that to God. You need to realign yourself with his word. When you find yourself doubting what God has promised you, that is not a sin, but you better realign your mind 
We have to get into a place where we say, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Wherever these fiery arrows and darts are coming from, I don't care what my circumstances are telling me. I don't care what it looks like. And in this very moment, I'm not going to let my emotions overrule God's promise. You just got to realign yourself. You cannot stay in a state of doubt, right? Because that starts to affect the relationship that you have with God, which is built on trust. And if you don't trust him, it's very hard to build a foundation upon that because your whole life, your whole um, being and existence and relationship with Christ is built on the fact that you trust him, not only to be your Lord, but to be your savior, to come through when he says he's going to come through. And so when we talk about doubt, just know that having a doubt is not a sin. Remaining in a state of doubt will prevent God from being able to do the things that he promised because you won't be standing in hopeful expectation to receive them. You will not position yourself to receive them. Has nothing to do with his ability, has nothing to do with his faithful faithfulness, but your positioning, your heart's positioning and your physical positioning to be able to receive. Doubt gets in the way of that. So when we talk about doubt, what is it that we're really doubting? Right? What is it that we're really doubting? And this can be different for each of us, and it can be different depending on the season that we're in or what it is that we're believing God for. Please excuse me, I have a cold. That's why I keep sniffling. Um, what it is that we're believing God for. So one of the things that we can doubt is, is God who he, who he really says that he is? And often, again, even this doubt is multifaceted because most of us believe that God is the God of the universe, that he is the God of creation. But we can have a hard time personalizing him as our father, as our protector, as our provider. When it comes to his relationship with me, his connection with me, his ties to me, is God really who he says he is? Especially if you have been exposed in human relationships to people who should have loved you, who should have protected you, who promised to provide for you, and they failed you. It can be very hard not to project those traumas, <clears throat> those feelings, those doubts onto your relationship with God. And it's not always intentional. But if you've had an absent father, or if you've had an abusive mother, if you've had someone who did not care for your basic needs or show you any kind of respect, and then you have a perfect God who deep down you may not even feel worthy of being in a relationship with, promising that he can be all of that to you and more. For some, that may make you feel elated and like, thank you, Lord, for stepping in and filling in the gap. For others, it may make you distrustful. It may make you doubt. Is God really who he says he is? And is he really who he says he is to me, for me personally? The second thing that we can doubt is, um, can God do what he says? Can he do what he says? What causes us to doubt that? Often what causes us to doubt if God can is because as far as we can tell, he hasn't. What causes us to doubt if God can is because as far as we can tell, he hasn't. There have been things that we have asked God for in the past that have not happened. There are things that we believe he has promised to us that have not happened. There are things that we see happening in the world that's, that are horrific, that are painful, that are toxic, um, that we have not seen him resolve. And so it makes us think, can God really do the things that he says he can do. Can God really save me and give me an eternal place with him in heaven if I feel like I'm already experiencing hell right here on earth? How can I hope for eternity when my reality right now is shattered, 
or broken or disjointed or confusing. It makes us question, can God do what he has said he can do? Right? So the first thing that we can doubt is, is God who he says that he is? The second thing is, can God do what he says he can do? And we also uh, will question, and I think this is where most of us fall, right? Not in questioning, um, is God who he says that he is? And not in not questioning, can God do what he says he can do? And I've alluded to this already before, but will he do it? Will he do it? Not is he who he says he can is. Most of us can get there. Um, not can he do it? But the heavy hitter is will he do it? And not only will he do it, but will he do it for me? I think this is the big one because we often believe that God can because we've seen him do it for other people. But the question that that leads to doubt is, will he? Will he do it? And will he do it for me? Now, what causes this doubt to arise? Why are we able to believe that God is who he says he is and that he can do things for people, but not believe it for us? And it's often uh, because there are three things that have happened that cause us to doubt that God will do it and that he'll do it for us. And the first one is disappointment. The first one is disappointment. This is where we ask for something. That we believed for something. And God said no. Disappointment is often the result of these sudden changes in our lives where we can't see how it couldn't have been in God's will, why he didn't save that loved one, why he didn't restore that relationship, why we had to suffer through a season. It doesn't make sense to us, not logically, not spiritually, not emotionally. And so we're disappointed. It makes us question God's love for us, not his love in general. Doubt is personal. It makes us question his plans for us, his desires for us, his will for us, his love for us. Disappointment is heavy because you can only be disappointed where you had an expectation. So you had faith. You expected him to come through. You were trying to believe him. You were intentional about being obedient. And the answer was still no. That's disappointing. And that leads into the other thing that could cause us to doubt if God will do it and if he'll do it for us. And that's denial. So the first is disappointment. The second is denial. And again, that's a no from God. Now, denials lead to disappointment, but the denial in and of itself can cause us to doubt. It didn't happen the way we thought it was going to happen. And we don't really have any answers as to why. There's nothing we can pinpoint to say, oh, it was my lack of faith. It was my lack of obedience. I, I just kind of pulled this thought out of nowhere. No, we really believed that this is what God wanted for us. We really believed that this was finally our yes. And instead God said no. That hurts. Denial leads to disappointment and both contribute to doubt. What is the third thing that can cause us to start to doubt that God will do it and that he'll do it for us? Delays. So we have disappointments. 
we have denials, and we have delays. Delays are when it's taken way longer than we thought it would. Or we received it and it took way longer than we thought it should. When you're confident that the answer is yes, but that yes seems so long in coming, those delays can start to lead to doubts. I think that if if this is not you, then praise God you've never experienced this. But I think that most Christians who have believed God for something big or small, And it took a lot longer than you thought it would at some point during that process. And thank God you didn't stay there in that doubting mindset. But at some point in that process, you wondered, did I hear God right? Was I making this all up? (laughs) Uh, God, are you still taking prayer requests? Doubt started to creep in because the answer seemed so clear. The yes from God was right there. And yet it just never seemed to get there until it did. But during those periods of time when you had to wait, doubt may have creeped in. Delays can cause doubting. And let's not even get into spiritual amnesia because most people would say, yeah, but even if it was delayed, knowing that God ultimately fulfills it, that would give me confidence that God would do it for me. You would think so. You would think so, but most of us suffer from this thing called spiritual amnesia where God has come through every single time. There's never been a time that he didn't. And yet when we're faced with a new challenge, we sit there and wonder, God, will you do it? And will you do it for me? So when God says here in his word that you shouldn't expect to receive anything, he's saying, if you're doubting, what's the point in expecting? Like if you already, when you're asking, don't think I can do it, why are you asking me? It's not a condemnation. It's just saying you're getting in your own way. You're double-minded. You're splitting the fence. You're straddling the fence. Why are you exercising this energy to pray to me and to ask me for these things And when you don't really think I can do it? It's more of a call to let's get to the root of the issue because it says here that God gives generously and ungrudgingly. He wants to give. He wants to give. But if he can tell that you're not positioned to receive, then let's talk about that positioning first. Let's put the prayer requests on hold and let's talk about the positioning so that when I'm ready to bestow, when I'm ready to fulfill that promise, you're ready to receive it. And so that, friend, is why in this season of growth that we're in, we have got to confront this issue of doubt. Do not let the enemy convince you that because you have doubts, that turning away from God is the answer. Or continuing to stay in that mindset is the answer. Let's confront it head on. Let's ask God, Lord, reveal to me if I have not yet received what you have promised. Because I am not standing in expected, um, hopeful positioning. That I have let doubt creep in somewhere. Maybe I was disappointed in the past, Lord, and I've not addressed that. Maybe the denials in the past have hindered my ability to believe you, and I've not addressed that. Maybe it took so long in my mind before, and it makes me scared to trust you again because I don't know if I can endure another waiting season. Let's address that. Because the answer isn't to stop seeking. It's to seek to be positioned to receive. It's to address the issue of doubt so that we no longer have this hurdle that has to be overcome every time. Because trusting God is hard. Whoever tells you that it's not hard is lying to you or they've never had to believe God for something big. Trusting God is hard. Let's not make it harder. 
by delaying or extending that time of waiting because we've let doubt creep in. Let this be a, a, a waving green flag, not a red flag to go, to go to God right now and address these issues. Can I pray with you before we leave? Thank you. Father God, thank you for this word. Thank you that you love us so much that you want to give to us. And it says that if we need wisdom, if we need to know what to do, that you will give it to us. All we have to do is ask. But Lord, in that asking, if there is anything in our hearts or mind that is blocking the receipt of that promise, then we pray right now, Lord God, that you would remove it. Help us to address those past disappointments. Help us to know that you are a safe place upon which we can cast our cares and we can tell you, God, that hurt. God, that no hurt. That that delay in the time that it took almost took me out. But I trust you and I want to continue to trust you. Where else would I go besides you, Lord? To who else will we turn? We are utterly dependent upon you. So help us to pursue you and to seek you and to ask of you without doubt. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have doubted, when the times we have questioned your character, when the times that we have questioned even your very existence and your ability to hear us and hear us now, Lord. We love you. We receive your forgiveness and we stand in hopeful expectation of what it is that you want to do next. We love you. And I love you, friend. This is Rooted. I'm Shadea. Please feel free to follow me on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all under Shadea underscore Lambert. I cannot wait to hear from you. Please let me know if you are believing God for something big in this season so I can join you in prayer and we can eradicate this devil of doubt. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,